Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you're here. We pray that you're encouraged by today's message from our associate pastor, Peter Vischer. We are into the third week of our Christmas series, our Advent series at the Father's House. Uh, Pastor Greg began the first week by talking about hope, and his message was called The Burden of Hope. Pastor Stacy, our children's pastor, had a break from the kids last Sunday. That usually happens a couple times a year. It was good to have her. And she talked about joy. Joy on the journey was the title of her message. And uh, I'm focusing on another powerful theme of Advent, God's peace. And it's going to be a bit of a different message today, talking about God's peace. It might not be what you expect, but my message is called Pursuing Peace. And so as we always do, let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump in to our Advent message. Thank you, God. Lord, thank you that you have perfect peace for us, God. Thank you that the Prince of Peace... God, you live inside each and every person in this room, and we just thank you that, Jesus, you represent kind of the epicenter of peace inside each believer, and so, God, help us just to resonate with the truths of this message, to receive and to respond to you today, God, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, in the scripture that we just heard, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says to him, do not be afraid. And Joseph, at this point in the Christmas story, had known about Mary's pregnancy. He understood the implications of that and the cultural dishonor and the shame, not to mention that the danger that Mary would be in as an unmarried pregnant teenager. And so, rightfully so, Joseph would have been stressed out, anxious, worried, very much afraid. Often when God is speaking to us in dreams or just impressions and feelings that we get at night, it's usually in that moment where we've gone to sleep and something is really on our heart. Uh, Maybe Joseph had gone to bed that night crying out to God saying, how could this happen? My fiance is pregnant. It wasn't me. I'm a good man. I love your law and yet I find myself in this mess. And so as the story goes, Joseph's initial thought is to get out of the relationship as quickly and quietly as he could. And we do the same. Uh, When we come up against situations that are anything but peaceful, we resist pain and pressure and we want to run away. Uh, It makes sense to do that if your peace is being disrupted by an area of sin or struggle, you know, then you're right, get out of there. Remove yourself from temptation and the things that steal your God-given peace. But that's not what we're talking about here, although we might talk about that later on. There are challenges in life that are not sin-related, they're not self-inflicted. God allows difficulties to shape our character and to teach us to trust Him and to grow and mature us into the people that He wants us to be. Amen? Amen. Pastor Greg says it often, and I like it. He says, all things are formative. Every situation of your life is shaping you uh, in one way or another, hopefully for the better. And so jumping back to Joseph, this is the earthly father of Jesus, an angel comes in a dream, reassures him, God is in this, Joseph, you can have peace, do not be afraid. Uh, Moving to another story, before the angel had spoken to Joseph about God initiating this pregnancy, the angel visited Mary. 
This is actually sometimes the way that God speaks to couples. He'll confirm something with, uh, you know, the wife, and then he'll confirm the same thing with the husband, and they come together, and they're on the same page. But God says, do not be afraid. The Holy Spirit is going to move upon you in a miraculous way, Mary. The power of the Most High God will overshadow you. You are the couple that God has chosen. The boy that you will know as your son is, in fact, God's son. I mean, just think about that. It's incredible to think about that. It's amazing. Do not be afraid. You can have peace. Now, we're going to get along to talking more about peace, but before I get there, I just want to highlight how amazing it is that God is speaking to us, that God speaks to people. God is always working. He's always moving upon us to accomplish his purposes. And it's important to remember here that Mary and Joseph, although super cool people and like honored and revered all over the world, they're just ordinary people like you and I. God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary purposes. And he wants to use you and he wants to do an amazing work in your life. Now, in the same way that God spoke to Mary and Joseph, he's speaking to you. Maybe you'll be reading the Bible and you'll find a story that aligns with the situation that you're going through or a word of instruction that just encourages you very specifically. Uh, Maybe you'll be reading a book or you'll see a post on social media and and God just begins flooding your thoughts and your emotions and, and there's instruction and motivation through that post or that book or devotional that you found. Um, Maybe it happens in worship. Anybody? God speaks to me in worship. He encourages me through those lyrics and through those songs. Nobody else in the room even knows it, but God is downloading something into your life as you're singing and engaging in worship. God will uh, often speak through other people, and we like to have a laugh at it, but I, you know, guys ask me, hey, how, what does the Holy Spirit's voice sound like? And I say, like the voice of your wife right? (laughs) Usually. And, um, but sometimes, wives, the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like the voice of your husband. He's a Christ-like figure, hopefully, in your life. Or maybe um, the voice of your pastor or your care group leader or an accountability partner or friend. Maybe God will speak to you, in addition to people, just through everyday, seemingly normal ideas that he places into your mind. You might have a desire towards something, not anything bad, something good, something positive. Um, Opportunities, relationships, they come into your life, they enrich your life, and they prosper you. And when that happens, take it as God is doing something. God is doing a good work, and he's directing you. How about everyday situations in your life, as your job changes, as your family grows, as your home changes and you move to a different town or city, doors opening, doors closing all the time, and it's very often in hindsight that you look back and you go, oh man, there, was, there were God moments all over this. God was moving, God was doing things. How does this relate to peace? Because we're talking about peace today. Listen, when God speaks through the Bible, a book, a song, a person, a thought, a feeling, an opportunity, we want that rush of peace. Amen? We want that rush of peace when God is moving. And to encourage you, that'll happen. 
if you are in a continual dialogue with God um, and an interactive relationship with Him, you're learning about Him, you're growing in relationship with Him, you'll experience that confirmation of peace. It's an amazing thing. Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 to 7, probably one of the more popular verses on peace, it says, be anxious for nothing in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Mary and Joseph, they received the instruction. They moved forward obediently with the confirmation of peace. Do not be afraid is what God said. I'm causing this to happen. Now, for this next part of my message, um, I want to try to unpack peace for you. What is it? What does it look like? And the question that I want to ask in terms of defining peace for you, it determines a lot for us. It really determines our level of maturity. It determines whether we align with God's definition, or maybe there are aspects of our faith walk that are very worldly, and we're trapped in a worldly way of thinking or believing. And so that big question for you is, what is peace? What is peace? We want peace when God speaks and when he moves, but we need the right definition because Christians cannot have messed up, mistaken definitions because when that happens, our theology is confused and our application in life as well. Now, I looked at many definitions of peace, and I kind of put them all together, encapsulating them into kind of one central thought. Uh, Every definition of peace has to do with the absence of disturbance or violence or uh, nothing is disturbing me, nothing is interrupting me, there's nothing coming against me, there's no conflict, division, war. A lot of definitions of peace have to do with tranquility, quietness, harmony, freedom, sense of calmness in life. To say it really simply, kind of the way I put this all together, is everything is going well. Isn't that a great definition of peace? Everything is going well. When I imagine peace, I imagine it's probably 10 p.m. at night. The kids are usually sleeping, I'll be honest. Sometimes the two older ones are still calling down to us and whatnot and asking questions and such, but 10 p.m. at night, they should be sleeping. The fireplace is on. Kids are in bed. I'm enjoying a cup of sweet and spicy tea. I love that in the evening. Um, And it's good. Everything is right in right order. The dishes are done. The house is clean. The Christmas tree is on. That's a feeling of peace. When I think about peace, I think about a world without war. There's no starvation, poverty, government corruption, or greed. Everybody has a job. Everyone loves their job. There's no inflation. Can I get an amen? This is good preaching. This is good. Come on. A world where every child receives an education and the support they need. Every child listens to their parents, (laughs) makes their parents proud. This is a good speech. This is good. Uh, A world where marriages experience continual love and fulfillment and bank accounts have enough money and there's no debt and, man, sicknesses are eradicated, no cancer, no chronic pain, no sickness. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. It's good. It's perfect. It's what we want. Everything is going well. Wholeness and order and it's good. 
Anybody else love that definition of peace? <laughs> Let's just kind of agree to that before I now transition. Um, here's the problem with that definition. And the problem with that definition is everything is not going well. Everything is not going well. That definition of peace is beautiful, and to encourage you, that can be our desire. That cannot be our definition in church. It can be our desire, but not our definition. And the world likes it. Well-meaning Christians like it, but it's not sustainable, and it's not realistic or truthful, at least on this side of heaven. It's coming one day. I believe it. It's coming, but it's not here. I mean, think of the gas prices. It's crazy. I feel like I've been mugged whenever I go to the pump, but think of those on medication to manage their mental health or others who are in hospital or can't even get out of bed. Think of strained marriages and feuds between friends. Think of all the dishes that didn't get washed last night, <laughs> piling up in your sink, laundry, kids that don't eat their dinner. I mean, this is stressful stuff. How could I preach an Advent message on peace with a definition that says everything is going well? Everything must be going well. How could I use Mary and Joseph as an example? Let's uh, check out that context a little bit. The coming of baby Jesus meant horrifying shame, dishonor, danger. First century Jews were not as accommodating as 21st century Canadians. No child tax benefits. No formula in the mail. They send us formula and then they hope we buy it. Uh, no baby shower for Mary. These village elders would have wanted to throw rocks at Mary until she died. And Joseph's reputation would have been destroyed, not to mention there was another king in Israel, his name was Herod, that understood there could only be one king. That is another great Christmas message to preach. Who is the king of your life? Will you allow Jesus to be birthed in your world and to have dominion in your world, or will you do everything you can to resist Jesus from coming into your world? King Herod, he killed, I mean, this is crazy, he killed all the baby boys two years old and under in the Bethlehem area to try to kill Jesus, to try to put a stop to the prophecy about this coming king. And so, did you know, Mary and Joseph had to run. They actually had to flee the country in order to save the child's life. They went to Egypt. Why would the angel say, do not be afraid? Why didn't the angel say that Jesus would have 33 years to live, that he would die the most excruciating death possible in the known world at that time? His followers would leave him. The crowds would scream, crucify him. He would be falsely accused and that he would carry the spiritual burden of all of humanity on his shoulders as he would bleed and die. What is peace? What is peace? God's definition of peace is different than everything must go perfectly well. That definition is coming in eternity, but not yet. It's different than what the politicians and celebrities say. It's different than everyone in our culture says. If our chief aim in life is to experience peace, everything must go well, then suffering and challenges shatter and destroy our meaning in life. And if everything going well is our truest definition, and we think that's God's definition, how do we relate to a God, you know, peacefully and in good relationship when bad things happen? 
Listen to me now. Peace is not a feel-good sensation that moves from the outside in. It's actually a salvation work that moves from the inside out. That is what peace is. I'm going to say that again. It's not a feel-good sensation that moves from the outside in. It's a salvation work that moves from the inside out. The definition of peace that we find in the Bible, it doesn't quite say it exactly like this. This is me encapsulating it. Um, It says to be complete and to live well. To be complete and to live well. Nowhere in the Bible does it promise that everything will go well. Jesus actually said the exact opposite before he ascended into heaven. He said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I am with you. My presence goes with you in the midst of all that life brings. The Bible builds a case for wholeness and completeness in Jesus and provides a powerful prescription for a life lived well in the midst of challenge and difficulty. In the book of Ephesians, it says, he himself is our peace. When I read, he himself is our peace. Who is my peace? Is Justin Trudeau my peace? Is, is my boss my peace? My, my teacher, my friend, my neighbor? Who is my peace? God is my peace. Expressed through the presence of Christ in my life, he is the full expression and experience of peace. I want to talk about completeness. When I say peace is wholeness and completion in the life of a believer, we say, I I am of sound mind. I am secure. I am not afraid. I can trust and obey God. His promises are sure. And when that is our definition, we can navigate difficulties with peace in the core of our being because peace is not in this world, but the Prince of Peace lives in me. Can I get an amen? Amen? This is jiving with you? It's good? When God allows you to go through difficult seasons, you can endure. You can persevere. And it's, it's amazing. I, I don't know how some people do it, but they persevere with great peace. On the outside, there's pain, there's lack, there's a shortage of everything, but on the inside, there's wholeness, completion, order, peace. When bad things happen, you don't have to wish it away. That's actually the way of the world. The way of the world is to wish away disaster and to wish away the problems. But for the Christian, we commune and abide in a relationship with God because that is where completion is. When circumstances change, when doors close, when you don't get the job, when the prognosis is not good, God is your peace. He's your peace. He's made you complete. This is really the same point as what Pastor Stacy made last week. She was talking about joy. I'm relating it to peace. Peace is not in the absence of problems. It's in the presence of God. Amen? For the Christian, peace is not circumstantial. It's spiritual. It's rooted in an understanding of God's word and that he is trustworthy. I think that God knew that Mary and Joseph were the right people, the right people to birth Jesus into this world. Um, An angel says to Mary, you're going to have a child. This boy is going to be the savior. I'm asking you to raise him. Mary knew in that moment, I've never been with a man. This is unusual. This is not easy. The king's trying to kill him. But what she says is, may it be done to me according to your word. Isn't that an awesome response? 
May it be done to me according to your word. Another definition or another Bible version says, may everything you have said about me come true. What a posture before God. What a position before him to say, God, may everything you have said about my life come true. Now for this last bit, I want to tell you what God has said about you. Because Never mind all the things that are happening in your life, the challenges, the difficulties. If you could just comprehend what God has said about you, what he's done for you, what he's given to you, the rush of peace will be profound and amazing. Because remember, what's happening outside is secondary to who you are inside. Peace originates inside of you before it moves out. Um, The first thought that I wanted to talk about was forgiveness. The Bible says you are forgiven. That is a powerful, incredible revelation because a lot of people are dealing with anxiety and worry and and division and conflict and problems because there's a separation from between them and God and they don't understand the magnitude in which God has forgiven them. A lot of people are dealing with all of those things in their marriage or a relationship with a child or a friend. And and so the power of forgiveness, if that could just come into your world and take over, the peace that you would experience would be amazing. God has said in the Bible, I will remove your guilt and shame. I will clean you. I will wipe away your sins. It's a new day. You can start again. Romans 5 and verse 1, it says, Since you have been justified through faith, you have, say it with me, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance and forgiveness is to define the life of the believer, not just with God, but with everybody else. The Bible says, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. I don't know if God's speaking to somebody today, but peace is not found when you sidestep blame, when you avoid consequences, when you convince yourself, I don't need to say sorry, I don't need to deal with that issue, I'm good enough on my own. It's not true. You're flawed, you're broken. Cry out to God. Repent to those that you have hurt. Peace comes in knowing that you are forgiven and free of guilt, and when you walk in that, in your marriage, with your kids, with your friends, with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with everybody, boom, the peace that you experience is awesome. It's amazing. What else has God said about you? He said you can have peace because you've been, here's a really churchy word, sanctified. (laughs) You've been sanctified. Um, Sanctified, what does that mean? It means set apart for God. Thessalonians, there's a prayer, and it says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the God of peace sanctify you. When the little boy who came at Christmas grew up and he died on the cross, he set you apart. He set you apart from the ways of the world and the will of the world. You're not the same. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We have a baptism service at the end of January. I mean, this is it. This is like the washing that takes place when you're baptized and when you're in right relationship with God and others. It's beautiful. It's awesome. And the refreshment and the peace that comes in being set apart and cleaned and purified by God, it's amazing. But you need to live that life. You need to be set apart. You can't live for yourself anymore. 
Some of you are thinking, what does this have to do with peace? We can long for peace all we want. We can pretend everything is going okay. But if we're not set apart for God, then we're just pursuing a false sense of peace. And the pursuit of peace is really the pursuit of Jesus, which is enjoyed when you spend time with him and when you obey him consistently. That second part of the definition, the first one, to be complete, means to be whole, to have things in right order in your heart, in your mind, in your relationship with God. And then there's a choice after that to live well. God wants his people to live well. You and I who have been forgiven and sanctified by God, we can't go on living with wrong desire, wrong habits, attitudes, relationships, all of that stuff has got to go. Um, I told a story in the first service, kind of a funny little story. I literally read this last night and I thought, that's hilarious. That kind of relates to my message. Um, It's a story about uh, a guy that's looking for a beautiful new home. And uh, he's going on house tours and the real estate agent takes him into this house. It's a beautiful house. It's a gorgeous house. And he's going through all the rooms and everything is perfectly clean and in right order. And he's like, oh man, I love this house. And then the real estate agent takes him to this one room, opens the door, and just like this waft of stench comes out of this room. And he's like, oh man, like instantly, he's just like repulsed. And what is that? And the real estate agent says, well, uh, kind of embarrassed, he goes, a possum died in the heating vent. Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of rotting in there right now, and it's just coming through, and, it's, and he's like plugging his nose and whatnot. And so he asked the real estate agent, well, did you get it out? And the real estate agent goes, well, no, he's still in there. He's still in the vents. And what that made me think about was sometimes that's how we live our Christian life. We know that that addiction is there. We know that that problem is there. We know that that, that, that issue in that relationship or with that particular thing, it's there. It's causing a stench in our lives. But what are you going to do? Just move into the house and you know, live with it? You know? God's saying, no, we got to deal with the things in our hearts and in our lives. And when, you, when that's cleaned out, the peace and the joy that comes is amazing. This has actually changed the way that Chantel and I pray together. Praying for peace used to be, God, just make everything go well for us. <laughs> Don't want any problems. Just want everything to go perfectly. Please, God, please. And then we discovered peace has so much more to do with who we are in the midst of the stuff and less to do with what happens to us. God may not change my circumstances, but he's always given me choices in the midst of what I'm going through. He's always, you know, allowing me to respond in a particular way to the situations. And so years ago, we began to pray, God, we want to trust you. We want to love you. Help us to pursue you. God, help us to get rid of anything, the stench, the problems that steal from the perfect peace that we have in relationship with you. Lord, help us to identify wrong motives and thoughts and attitudes and give us the humility and the courage to confess things. I love confession. I mean, it's one of the hardest things ever. I don't love confession, but, but it's so healthy. 
It's so good. And I can't even tell you the number of times that I've confessed to my wife or I've confessed to Pastor Greg or I've had somebody come and pray with me. And there's just this purification work as God just begins rooting things out of my life. It gets practical, so practical. We get convicted of sin. We apologize to each other. We apologize to other people. We develop new routines and habits. Is something robbing your peace? Is something getting in the way of the perfect peace that God has for you? Pay attention to what happens to you mentally, emotionally, relationally, physically, when you just learn to live with the stench. It's clogging up the heating vent (laughs) in your house, you know? Um, But when you're inundated by the influences and the passions and the temptations of the world, things get real and not in a good way. You'll find yourself getting self-centered and not God-centered. I find for me, there's no peace. It's gone. Uh, There's an overflow from that lack of peace. I'm grumpy. I'm irritable. I start snapping at the kids. There's division between Chantel and I. My inner being is out of order. And so guess what? There is a lack of order in my world, in my home, in everything. There are spiritual dynamics to the choices we make. And so part of this peace message and the pursuit of peace is to tell you, guard your eyes, guard your ears, guard your heart, guard your closest relationships, you know, from all the stuff that wants to get in and infiltrate and cause a lack of peace. Spend time with the Lord in prayer, in his word. It's so important because there's an exchange that takes place when you pursue him. He starts rooting stuff out that shouldn't be there. He instructs you. He empowers you and envisions you, but only if you're quick to respond. Um, Looking into a scriptural text, one example I found uh, in the book of Isaiah, the prophet is lamenting. This can literally happen on a national level. He's lamenting that the people were wanting peace, but they weren't willing to make the changes necessary. And sometimes it's the same with us. We say, God, I want you to do what I want. (laughs) God, do what I want. But do we actually want what God wants? Or do we just want him to make things easier for us? And I was convicted as I was writing this message, forgive us as pastors when people come to us and say, I don't know why my life's upside down. I don't know why there's all these problems. And we just go, oh, let's, let us pray for you. Let's just pray that you're happy. Let's just pray that you're comfortable. Let's just pray that all the bad things go away. That's not even biblical. That's terrible preaching. That, that's not what we should be doing. That's just airy, fairy, fluffy, worldly, wishful thinking. That's not church. And there's always going to be a problem when we filter our understanding of peace through who we are and what we want and never through who God is and what God wants for us. In Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 18, this is what God is saying through his prophet. He says, oh, that you would listen to my commands. See, God is not commanding things and declaring things into your life because he's a spoil sport and he wants you to, you know, not have fun. He wants the best for you. He wants what's good. It says, then you would have peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea. That word righteous is so good. It's like saying something is right. Everything is right in my life, in my mind, in my heart. It's good, pleasing, perfect, complete. If you desire peace in your life, get right. Get right with Jesus. 
Get right with those around you. Pursue it, chase it passionately. Allow God to search you, to forgive you, to love on you, to sanctify you. Live well. And that's not just a one-time decision. Sometimes we think, yeah, you know, at an altar call, I'm just gonna raise my hand and say, yep, God, come in and do it. But it's an everyday decision where we say, God, I'm laying my life before you. Search me and know me, God. See if there is any wicked way in me. Lead me in your way everlasting. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my peace. Thank you that I have been made complete. And if I choose to live well, no matter what I'm facing, I can experience righteousness, good relationship with you. Mary and Joseph were a couple who experienced that peace. And it wasn't because birthing Jesus was easy. It came because they were humble, obedient, sensitive to God's spirit, courageous. I mean, we all want to be Mary and Joseph. Come on. We want God to look into our lives and say, you're the guy. You're, you're the lady. You're the woman that I could trust with big things, God-sized things because of your character, because of your heart. Come on now. He, they knew that, uh, God knew that their peace wouldn't be shattered by the dishonor, the threats, the insults, the danger, the difficult journey ahead because their peace was not out here. Their peace was centered in here. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite the band to come. (laughs) You know, my wife likes a shorter message. I told my wife, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to preach for a full 40 minutes. She's like, oh, yeah, good. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know if you're like that, but... (laughs) That's awesome. So, um, but how is God calling you to respond to today's word? Listen, church, if your definition of peace is God make everything go perfectly for me, I want everything to go well, no problems. Yeah, it's going to be a really confusing Christian life for you. It's going to get really unsettling really fast. You're likely to try as hard as you can to avoid challenges, to avoid change. You'll probably try to micromanage and control everything to avoid the anxiety and the disruption. But if your definition of peace is Jesus has done something for me so awesome, so significant, so deep, I am complete, I am whole, I am secure, I am of sound mind, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, man, there is nothing you cannot do. There is no mountain you cannot climb, come on. And you will say with great courage, may it be unto me according to your word, God. God is good, he's trustworthy, he's faithful, his peace is real. One day you'll reach eternity and God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Look at you, the way you overcame, not because I made your life easy, but because you were aligned with my heart. We were in unity together, Holy Spirit and I, amen. And so we're gonna pray right now. If you're just saying, I mean, I'm really tempted right now to pray for just the manifestation of peace in all of your situations. God, make it all go well. (laughs) Make it all perfectly. But I'd rather pray, God, do that work in the hearts and minds of each and every person in this room. If you're just believing for that this morning, as an act of faith, would you just raise your hand? Let it be. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that we would be 
so close to you, God. Lord, we would not be a church that goes home after Sunday service and forgets about you for the rest of the week. God, we would not be people that go to work and forget that you're with us or, you know, do the, the parenting and marriage and all these things and forget that you're with us. God, you are closer than the mention of your name. And so would you come close to each and every person in this room? Would you encourage them? Would you help them? Would you fill them with your spirit? And God, we just pray for an overflow of peace that comes as your people draw near to you this Christmas. Thank you for the example of Mary and Joseph and just the, the peace that they had in following you obediently and submissively, God, and the way that you blessed them on their difficult journey. We thank you that it can be the same for us. God, I pray that your people would search out any aspect of their lives relationships, habits, attitudes, perspectives that are wrong and that are robbing their peace. God, I pray for just repentance in the house of the Lord this morning where people say, I need to get rid of that. I need to clean that out so that I can have peace with you, Jesus, and peace with those around me. Lord, encourage people to have difficult conversations this week, to do what they do, to uh, make it right, and to live well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. For more of our messages and information on our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. Have a great week.